And we're live. Are we live? We are. People are filing right. in. We'll wait like a minute. Not even. No, we can wait a minute. Let everyone enjoy the Jets backgrounds. Uh, no, I want everyone to enjoy my Blair Thomas background. <laughs> <laughs> did Blair play with Did Blair play with um, Todd Blackledge? Is that who he was with at Penn State? No. He was Penn State, right? Yeah, he was. But Todd was already in the NFL. Todd, I think, got drafted in that iconic quarterback class. Oh, it was Kurt Warner. That was that was the running back, and Kurt Warner, right? That's that's right. What? Who went to Kurt Warner the Seahawk? Oh, Kurt Warner back. the Seahawk. Yeah. He was a Pro Bowler. National champion though at Penn State. Blair was a nineteen ninety draft pick. So they would have missed each other. Um, okay, let's get started because Gary's got a tight time frame. He's been nice enough to give us some time. Uh, we're really excited to have him on Lightshed Live. Literally, since we launched, we wanted to have him come on and talk about kind of the state of the ad market. We've got a ton of questions, but maybe just because every time I think of you, I can't help but thinking of the Jets and sports and the NFL. You know, you have a sports representation business. I know that you've sort of built that over the years. Kind of what are you thinking about in terms of just the return of sports or what are your athletes even thinking about in terms of like willingness to play, fear, concern, kind of where, where are heads at in terms of just the sports business? I think heads are at very, you know, individual realities, right? The athlete who has a, who has a child who's got a compromised immune system has no interest in coming back into a bubble, a schmubble or anything else. The 23-year-old healthy athlete who's feels that they're in the prime of their career and they're about about the breakout season are literally stir crazy and can't wait to get back out there and would literally do anything, would play basketball or football with a mask on if that is required. So I think it's a, I think it's a very individual basis. Obviously the organizations are very similar to places like Harvard who with their funny announcement yesterday are at all costs because of business and financial impact, trying to figure out how to get back on the field in whatever form shape. So all normal stuff that I think would make sense if you predicted this and said, how would it all play out? I think, um, I think that's kind of where the world's at. While everyone recognizing no one's in control, I think, which actually has led to less anxiety. I think, I think athletes and team owners and everybody realizing, my gosh, this is just above everyone's pay grade. And as soon as it feels good, you know, everyone goes out to the beach for Memorial Day weekend and that state spikes through the roof and now this is why it doesn't feel well. And so I think the current temperature, I've noticed in the last week, it, it, because of the numbers and the way things have played out, I believe there's a little bit less oomph around the politicization of the issue. I think mm-hmm. three weeks ago, people were talking about this is a Democrat-Republican thing and I think people have kind of so- sobered into this is actually a disease that doesn't give a shit about the current state of American politics and is going to do its thing. And like, it's a big deal. All right. Moving off of COVID a little bit and sports, um, maybe we could get actually back to that later, but just if we think about you, you kind of built your business on being first um, on social and influencer marketing. And as we kind of look at where we're at right now, uh, what platforms are exciting you right now and have any of the major platforms disappointed you? A very broad question to kind of kick things off. Um, there's a lot of things that are exciting and there's a lot of things that I feel are falling short. Um, I think from an excitement standpoint, I'm always obsessed with organic reach because organic reach is how I built my career. You know, it's funny. 
Brandon, you get older, you, you know, you said first and my head went into e-commerce and email and Google AdWords and you went uh, with like, right. The right. You went with the 2014 <laughs> yeah. version of it, which is cool. Like, you know, but really my entire career has been first. Um, and we, we skipped over wine library. We did skip over and that's wine great. library. And that's great. And that's great. What that's actually, there's a point to that, which is organic reach for the very small entrepreneur or small business or individual or this great program that's trying to get bigger and doesn't want to pour a million dollars in advertising organic reach really matters it's a separate conversation in itself and the two places that are exciting there are linkedin and tiktok which is ironic because they're polar opposites on profile but they are the two platforms that this show should make content for every day and they will get more people to see it with no media amplification and that's exciting for almost everybody other than big businesses who have such need of scale that they need underpriced media executions. And the underpriced media executions fall today in a lot of different behaviors, pre, you know, pre-roll podcast ads on the Spotify platform, um, Facebook and Instagram by a country mile, pre-roll YouTube when it's specifically done against search queries. So those are the things that are exciting to me disappointing. You know, I'm disappointed in Instagram. I feel like they've really lagged in innovation the last two years. And I think they're only innovating now because TikTok is forcing them to innovate. Um, I think similar things can be said in some ways about Snap and Pinterest. And this is disappointment because I just like, I just like the very obvious thing that has emerged to me on these platforms, which is if you're not innovating the product pretty aggressively, consistently, you become vulnerable. I feel bad almost because I like all these companies like in a way because they've had different moments of me loving them as their early organic reaches work. Like, like Twitter did it forever. I mean, Dick Hustle might be my favorite human that I've met in technology, but during his run, there was not a lot of innovation in the product that I, and even with Jack, there was like none, there was like none, no innovation. None. And, and I would argue even with Jack, I still think Twitter doesn't innovate enough for the role they're in. And I think if you really are paying attention the way I do, TikTok, I mean, whether it gets banned by the administration or not, like all that, those are different conversations. You know, uh, the way you asked the question, Brandon, everything that brands are mad at Facebook for, almost every other platform does. Like if you're gonna stop running ads on Facebook, please, because you don't want your brand associated with negativity, please recognize your search ads on Yahoo and Google are doing that every day. Please recognize that WordPress and Squarespace and, and our, our, the infrastructure for websites that put out hate every day. Like there's a, so there's a lot of different things going on, but I focus on the opportunity for brands and entrepreneurs, platforms to take advantage of the platforms. And all the talk is about what the platform's doing to take advantage of us. For me, it's, these are free places where we could take advantage if we execute properly on them. And uh, the things that excite me are organic because most people don't have money or pay underpriced paid. And that's what I just articulated. One thing in um, in your answer there that you talked about was sort of the slower innovation at Twitter. If you were Twitter, what would you be doing now? Now, there's obviously been news today that they might move to ad subscription. What if you if you were Jack? What yeah. innovations would would you be making at Twitter? The number one thing I would attack that's not in detail, this is more macro, but this will make sense to a lot of people. Twitter could get crazy big as a business if they figured out how to make their ad product more impactful in short-term business results. 
you know, the reason so many more people spend money on Instagram and Facebook is you can actually acquire customers and get valuable customers out of that ecosystem for your DTC or your media property or whatever you're doing at an alarmingly better rate than you can on Twitter. So for me, if I'm a CEO of a company that wants to be a good business, 100% of my efforts would be around the ad product. What are we missing? For example, you know, one of the greatest ad products of the last decade was the desktop era of Twitter that had a promoted trend as an ad. Everybody on their desktop, when a big percentage of people were consuming Twitter on their desktop, on the right side was the 10 trending topics. And there was an ad they came out with that was like $130,000 at the time, back in 2010, that you could be the promoted trend. That was a steal of a product. And we did some great work with Green Mountain Coffee and others, and it was like remarkable. I remember debating even doing it for my own freaking brand or my dad's liquor store. It was such a good deal, even though it was a hefty little number for an SMB, but not for a corporation. I think Twitter needs to find a killer, killer ad product, whether that's an entirely different visualization of every ninth post that is in your feed, that is an ad, but isn't douchey and sucky and doesn't bring value. I mean, can we get, can we get value in, in that ad format? And does the ad stand out? Is it, is it, is it a smart ad? Do you create, does, does Twitter create the ad in a way that it's such easy friction that, you know, does Twitter go out and ask everybody to put in their credit card, like one click or Apple pay. So there's Twitter credit card or Twitter, you know, so that, the ad, if you just like the Rich Kotite throwback, you know, starter jacket, you can just press one, you can just hit one button on Twitter and you've transacted. You know, there, that's the number one place. I love what they do with audio. I really do. I really like- You think it matters? You think it, it matters? I don't, I don't think it matters yet, Rich. I don't. I think it's a good start. No, it's not like a killer, you know. Has anyone done anything really interesting with it so far? I think you're seeing certain people that are insecure of how they look on video start to communicate more because they don't articulate themselves as well in the written word as they do through their mouth. And for the people that equally are good at articulation verbally, but are insecure visually, it's a nice medium. So that's interesting to me. Um, but th- there's, a, there's a lot, I mean, they had something brewing five, six years ago around smart cards, smart tweets. I think building yeah. on top of a tweet so that it's functional seems very interesting to me. Very, very interesting to me. Um, you know, gated exclusive content that the person has to give their email in exchange to get it because it's valuable or discount or the smartification of the tiles, I think is a huge opportunity. Well, they finally, they, they finally finished the rebuild of the ad server. And so just yesterday, so it, yep. it feels like the things that you're talking about, theoretically, things that took months to do should now take days to do. I mean, it, it I, should it, be a it, far it, faster it, company now. It, it feels like, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm not in details on a lot of things right now. So I, I, on that front, so to your point, I think there are things that have been done. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, you look at some of the stuff that you see with the clubhouse where, you know, the, the, you know, and actually one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is forums. Like why are forums still real? Like straight up, there's, there's some old dudes on this call. Like the stuff we had when we were 20, they're still alive and there's something around moderation and like niche that I think Twitter, like 
Twitter could be, if I could go to my Twitter right now and have an incredible experience just around sports cards without me doing the work of like lists and schmists and there's, there seems to be something there because the, 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 the macro underlining communication form of Twitter is forever. It is fantastic. The, the filtering restrict a lot of these platforms, lack of restrictions are where there's, and that is not talking about censoring. I'm talking about, you know, the, you, you know, the, the 140 characters was a strength of Twitter. It conditioned people to communicate in a different way. So these are some of the themes I'm thinking about. So let's go back to as far as being first and being a part of all these different platforms. Um, you know, with, with, with TikTok, um, was that a surprise to you? I mean, prior to TikTok, kind because of, you, you've kind of gotten on there quickly. It's been organic. I don't think you've paid your way on your, your subscriber counts or follower right. counts, whatever That's has right. gone up. Um, a lot, so it's, it kind of fits into your organic theme. Was that a surprise? And are there any other platforms like that emerging? Or do you think, I mean, it seems like you go back a year or two and everyone's like, we have these platforms which you were successful on and, and no one would have thought that another one would pop up as, as quickly oh, I, and successfully I, as TikTok. I, I think social networks are no different than cable networks in the ability to become real or even reboot. So I think we're gonna realize very quickly here that the internet is the kind of like the cable service provider and that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Vine and Social Cam are, you know, Facebook is gonna be Saturday Night Live. That is a real run. I mean, even if it disappears tomorrow, a social network of this level of dominance, 15, 20, you know, years, that's a real run. Vine was you know kind of like the punky brewster show like a nice little burst alf two good years killed really mattered you, um, you didn't go to the vanilla ice i thought that was coming but hopefully you know glad you didn't well i'm sticking with tv shows more than personalities yeah. or musicians but to your point rolling stones versus vanilla ice right. i think i think well to your point i think we're going to learn and i've definitely kind of i'm sticking to this and haven't seen anything that's made me waver that I actually always expect a new social network every season, but I'm every not season. every season once a year, but I'm not surprised when we go three years without one. Right. So do you guys it look to inject yourself to whatever kind of pops up. Always, um, always. And I'm not scared to waste time. I'll give you an example. Social cam. You gotta be really nerdy to know what I'm talking about right now. Rich, you're nerdy. So I think you might know I, this. It was six, <laughs> it was maybe six months, maybe four months. It came out around the same time. Another one that had real potential. Uh, Daily Booth, remember that one, Rich? Yep. Daily Booth was a nice one. They both popped out in that 2010, 11 range. I spent a lot of time on both. Not, neither became anything super remarkable. Both taught me exactly what to do on Instagram and, and Vine when the time came. So one of the reasons, Walt, that I'm very big on jumping on new apps and playing with them is I don't think any, everything's gonna end up being Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, but I do think there's something to be learned from communication context on these things that sometimes get tweaked with the next thing that comes. And I tend to be a fast mover as a content creator and a communicator. And, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with my understanding of the human behavior within the context of the app. You know, I moved very quickly on Musical.ly going way back 
and was a big buyer of it because my belief at that time was what Snapchat was doing with Filter and what Instagram were doing, the two new players at the time, was they were giving people training wheels to be creators. Filters, AI, and I realized, ooh, people aren't like me. It's not easy for them to create. They think, what do I make? Brands think, what do I make? And these filters really, really, really helped in making content. So when I saw music, for Musical.ly, I'm like, oh, this is the killer helper. Music makes almost everything fucking better. And so, you know, to me, TikTok was inevitable, which is why I moved on it so hard. But more importantly, it was another moment for me to spend six months being a practitioner in realizing what is this training wheel that's helping creators? And I believe that the next couple that will break out in the next half decade may have training. So is everyone then just a net loser because effectively it's going to get segmented into the seasonal social media things that kind of come and go. So your overall attention span is going to, there's not going to be one single winner or is it the opposite where there'll always be two or three at a given time yeah, I think, and the other I think, ones will fade really you know fast. Funny? You just said something and I said, oh my God, wait a minute. This is fucking television. Three channels right? They kind of like played the ebb and flow and then eventually it expanded. And I think at some level, yeah, I mean, look, I think, you know, winners and losers, I guess we're talking about the social networks themselves. Correct. Uh, Yeah. I think you'll have winners and losers, right? Like ESPN is very set up to be a loser if the NFL and the NBA takes their rights to Amazon and Apple, right? What are they going to do? Like, so like, yeah, I think you have the ebbs and flows. um, And the answer is yes. I truly believe that. It's one of the reasons that I pay most attention to who's running the companies. Like to m- my belief is that if Mark got forced out because of public pressure, that would be the first day. I, I invested in Facebook two years pre-IPO and have never sold a share because what he's done in acquiring Instagram in always trying to create apps that are competitors to the thing that's working, he's shown me that the one thing we share is the current attention, back to Rich's shirt, of the consumer is the only thing that matters. And if you're not figuring that out through M&A or innovation, you're vulnerable. It's back to the theme we talked about earlier of like not innovating your product to stay on top of it. So to me, that is what I pay attention to, Walt. Like the people's ability, the leaders of companies' ability to innovate or M&A to stay where the attention is or how it's forming. And then obviously on the brand or human side, it's, you know, I think one of the reasons I'm still relevant even though 10 years ago, I think a lot of people thought I'd be a flash in a pan because of my over-the-top personality is my ability to adjust to where the attention is and to bring value in that format, whatever form I have to take within that, as long as it's authentic to me. Where's the attention going next? What, what are you experimenting with the num- the that number people one aren't thing, focusing on? The number one thing, Brandon, I think has all the upside is voice AI devices because the phone rechanged everything because this became primary. If you ask me what's the one thing out there that I could could see becoming primary, it is the voice device in a home that becomes the less frictional remote control to our lives. Alexa, I wanna buy this item is a lot faster than going on Instagram, finding it, going to shopping cart. So, so to me, the one looming technology, and it reminds me a lot of the internet itself. When I started winelibrary.com in 1997, the internet was on the, consciousness for about two to four years at that point. Nobody really grown up was on it. It was still super early. Obviously the nerds were on with Prodigy and things before that, but it was early, but it was out. And by 99, 2000, 2000, the April 2000 collapse, you know, it's kind of how I see 
voice. Voice is in homes. It's mainly Elton John, play Elton John or this, but you can just feel that you're, you know, two to three innovators of building an app on top. I can feel every day that me and Rich are both gonna have our two cents on an app built on top of Alexa or Google Home out of nowhere. That is the Pokemon Go, like AR version of voice. And that becomes the killer app that gets people into behaviors. And then that becomes the tipping point. Is there, a, if you think about the two companies that are dominant, I mean, no offense to Siri, but I always think of yes. both Alexa and, and Google Assistant, and especially yes. recently, Google Assistant seems to be making huge strides. Like, is, yes. is this Google's game ultimately to lose? Yes, because they have Calendar, right? Like, one of the best things, like, the killer app is, is the Assistant to Calendar combo. Google, move my meeting with Rich. Google, when am I seeing Maha? Google, like, switch out, cancel. I mean, literally the dream scenario of an executive when you get big enough that you can have a full-time admin to make things go more frictionless. If Google gets that right, it's game over. Because Google seems to be making some very big moves. I mean, Android TV, they're getting much more serious about kind of combining everything that they're doing, especially Google Assistant seems to be integral to that whole aspiration. You know where my head went just now? I'm such a buyer of what you just said, and it continues to baffle me that that organization has not emanated into social properly. Going back to Wave and Google Plus, like if you think about Google Plus. (laughs) They have, have, to your point, they have full stack. Right, circles, thanks. Well, like, you know, remember those? Like, big shout out to <laughs> Thank Brad you, Rollins. that was great. You know, like, 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 it seems to be the missing component. It's similar to Social hardware. and messaging, they just never could figure out. I'm with you on that, Brian. Like, I think if I'm, if I'm a, I mean, the places that I see holes, I think Facebook should get into hardware and I think Google has to get into social and I think it helps those companies stacks. But the portal's is, a great is, device. Is YouTube, but is YouTube as a brand even a cool brand anymore? I mean, is it? It, it is. Seems like it's- it, no, it is. If you'll appreciate this, Walter, if you go right now to every 15 year old in America and say you get to keep one thing, YouTube, yeah. YouTube will beat TikTok and Snap. Keep one thing. Maybe Snap because of the messaging component and the way they think about it. Maybe TikTok because it's on fucking white fire. But you will be shocked how many of the answers will be YouTube. And TikTok's so different, it's not a risk to taking, because in my own kids' time, they're definitely shifted from YouTube to TikTok. But you're right, YouTube is still dominant in terms of usage. Yeah, and I, I think, of course it does. This is why I keep them baffled by Google's non-understanding or, you know, I never underestimate any of these companies. They're just kind of waiting for the right moment for an M&A kind of move. Um, but I thought they should have bought Musical.ly. I remember thinking that Google was going to make a play on Musical.ly. I mean, look, Musical.ly went to, to you know, to, to ByteDance. And, you, you know, you look at, um, you know, the, the, the parallel to me is like Twitch went to Amazon. Like, how did nobody buy Twitch? Like, you, you, you know, and the valuation it went for seems absurd in hindsight when you think about the amount of engagement. And, and, and kudos to Microsoft, right? I think Google right paid in, for it. Right? And Microsoft, like, won it and lost I don't remember the full story. Rich, you yep. probably know better than I do. But, but Microsoft with LinkedIn was brilliant. I, I'm really, really impressed with Microsoft. You know, the, you know, I don't know a lot of the details, but in the macro, the way I play, like they've done some really thoughtful bidding and winning M&A wise. And I would argue, you know, I'm just almost changing my mind right now. I'm like saying, wow, I want to talk about somebody who really should consider getting into the social game. Microsoft, add that to the stack. I, I, really, am, I really think all of them, Facebook, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, for them to not be in a game that one of the other four are in, it makes no sense at this point. We're talking about full stack competition. Well, 
Yeah. Okay. I so, mean, let, well, so let's Microsoft go there. Microsoft tried a little bit with with Mixer, right? As yep. as a broadcast media, and they just couldn't sold execute it. on it, it, right? They got they, they got rid of it because they couldn't they make any hay despite yep. spending money. And it's super um, interesting that that maybe, went. To maybe Facebook. it's just not in their DNA. I think LinkedIn fits a little more seamlessly with Office Brandon, think, and Brandon, some of the stack think, that they I have. I think that's right, and I think companies need to start. You know, we have these CMOS, we have CFOS. I think that's such a good point, Brandon. I'd love to see somebody innovate and say, look, I'm the CEO of this company. And in my DNA and this company's DNA, this is what we're great at. So today we're, we're hiring uh, you know, a chief expansion officer and Karen's job is 100% to be able to allow, yeah, maybe I should start using a different name. You know, that's obviously become very meme So Sydney's job here is to 100%, 100%, she had like let's play Microsoft. She has been a top three executive at Instagram and Snap and this and and she's here to make sure we win in that world. I, I I do think this is an interesting conversation and definitely you know being a fan of Rich's work, like like knowing some of the stuff he follows and pays attention to. I am flabbergasted that any of the big five that we just mentioned and you can even throw Spotify with all those credit card numbers like you yep. know, and maybe one or two others fucking bite dance whatever it may be. I think all of them are gonna realize, fuck, I need to be in hardware, I need to be in social, I need to be in audio, I need to be in, you know, like, there's just, because once you let one of them do something else, that becomes your weakest vulnerability. So like a complete vertically integrated stack. I think Facebook or Microsoft should buy Target. Interesting. I wasn't expecting that out of your mouth. Richard, um, I don't think, Rich, I don't think that, that any of these companies should allow Amazon to have the leverage that is called retail on their heads. Right. I think that's a really interesting point. And Target, where the fuck is Target? Like, if you like, like, I don't know the details. I'm not, I don't follow that space well enough to know their health, but I'm a big boy when it comes to business. I, I like my common sense and understanding. They're not in a great spot in a Walmart right. versus, you know, Amazon war. When you think about it, we got a question that came in. I'm just going to read it to you because it sort of ties to what you just said. The question from Ben is, the Western world lags behind the East in the role that messaging apps play in both commerce and advertising. Is there a pivot coming, in Gary's opinion, and who's best positioned? The, the Eastern world had communism and dictatorship. The reason they are full stacked is because the government of China created that variable. You know, if, if you know, if if the leaders of Google and Microsoft could have said, hey, this Facebook thing's a problem. Can you shut it down and make sure I can buy it for a nickel on a dollar? We'd be fully integrated here too. You know, so I think the reason that we're not fully integrated is because there's more capitalism and, and, and kind of like free market dynamics in the Western world that didn't allow somebody to have the ability to truly consolidate it all with government involvement. A, I, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I think in a way, this is a question, and I don't know, um, because I just see it written there about Snap, though. Can Snap evolve from being primarily a messaging platform to integating commerce and, you know, content better, advertising, better ad, not, ad products? Not, not, not if you follow the CEO's messaging that they're a camera company, right? Like, I mean, like, you know, it doesn't feel like it's in his focus, He's so damn young and he's innovated enough already in his career for me never to count it out. But I think that would take Evan to have far more macro, you know, ambitions or interests based on what I'm seeing yeah. right now. I have no knowledge. 
It's I've, interesting though, because I, I think the first time at least I met Evan this is going back a long time. He talked about WeChat being his inspiration for what he was doing. I think, I think ironically, TikTok, again, this is taking all the weird headlines now of like, does our government want to shut it down and follow the, you know, India, China war. And that becomes a whole nother thing. Like as, as, you know, there's so many dynamics in place of like regulating the internet. I'd be scared to ask people right now in America if they want the internet to be regulated because with so much tension and hate in the pipes, you, you could see people being pro it without thinking through the ramifications. Um, I, I think that you're gonna, if TikTok's able to continue to, to navigate in America, I actually believe that their innovation is gonna drive Facebook Inc. to innovate harder and better in that realm. And you may see some serious advancements, but I think you won't have the dominance in the Western world because there's too much opportunity for somebody. Sally in Texas right now truly has the opportunity to start an app that could win. Can we just shift to Facebook quickly? The ad boycott? Yes. Do you think that matters? It seems like this stuff is... 30 days and it makes the people feel good for their 30 days. But like, is this going to have a lasting impact at all? Do you think on that company? Uh, On the company, I think it could, but not in its form of this execution. I think your point of view is right, but I think 800 of those pellets could eventually have lasting impact, but not as an individual pellet. What do you mean by the 800 pellets? If another 53 things happen over the next you know, six months, maybe there's so much pressure that Mark, Mark is the variable. Mark and Cheryl as a team are extremely talented. Like I think people really struggle to understand what it takes in a free market to keep this leadership role. Like the brilliance of the Instagram, you know, acquisition is all time, will be looked back all time with respect and, and the continuation of, you know, innovating, whether it's Lasso or Schmasso or, um, so I think, I think public pressure is what you look at. The same reason the brands boycott. But you basically just described it as a pellet though. This individual boycott is one of, of a number of pellets. So can in I, and of can itself, I give, can I, can it I probably doesn't. Can I give yeah. you a bigger hot take? Sure. I think it's going to hurt some of the boycotters more than the platform. Meaning the brands are going to, just like when they brands boycott certain things, they're going to actually do themselves and their brands a disservice in terms of losing market share by boycotting. Yes, sir. I don't think people understand how bad of a situation the Fortune 500 CPG brands are in and how much market share they're losing to direct-to-consumer competitors. It, and do you think that happened what, in the YouTube boycotts? Like when you saw that, I remember when there was all those YouTube kind of brand safety. Of course I do. It yes, hurt I the do. brands more than it did YouTube. Let me promise you the worst thing that's happening to Fortune 500 consumer brands, them taking money out of social media and putting it into television. The worst. So what I believe is going to happen, and I think there'll be a great paper or book written one day that, because I believe there'll be three to four altruistic brands that extend it past July. One month is just one month. Yeah. But when, I got one for you. I think Unilever really needs to think about what they're doing. You know, if they're truly going to boycott so Facebook and Twitter for the rest of the year, there's going to be a soap that's going to pick up market share and done. I was baffled by Twitter. I mean, Twitter gets out in front of this. Jack moves, makes the first move in health and sort of Mark follows finally. Well, you know what, Rich, and I was just surprised what, that they Rich, banned Twitter too. Yeah, but in the secret confines of conversations, Twitter's not executing on their 
under hyperbole. I would, I, would, I would ask everybody right now to go on Twitter and tell me how much hate they find. The answer is unlimited. Like this notion of like... Well, the internet's a pretty bad place to begin with, well, right? I mean, well, a lot of, yeah. we just need to look at Rich's replies whenever he talks about it. <laughs> There's plenty of hate in it's, there. It's a fascinating thing that we want the platforms to do something about it without us looking ourselves in the mirror and talking about being civil and, and convert. Like this is the greatest fascinating lack of accountability execution in American history. Our collective, our collective has no interest in looking at ourselves and our shortcomings. We just want to blame third parties to the point where people actually believe, because I've talked to people and I asked them, what are you mad about? People actually believe everything they're doing on social is being tricked into doing by the platform. Like, people believe this. Right. So privacy ends up being a pretty big part of that as well. And, and Apple is kind of, as a company, really is trying to focus on um, you know, protecting your information, that probably makes it difficult in terms of the information that they're sharing in terms of how you're using the app. How big a deal of that, if that starts to catch on? I mean, some people think that privacy doesn't matter and you're just like, oh, I'm getting this good service, I don't care. Um, but if, if that, you know, has some momentum and information is held back, is that gonna, is that gonna hurt given the domination that, you, that Apple obviously has in the US? Yeah, I mean, I think, I th- look, I think, um, I think privacy is more valuable to users than they realize. Sure. And I, and I think privacy is, and the information is potentially less valuable to the advertiser than people realize. So I think companies are going to find their, their place in the public opinion on where they need to sit on privacy or not sit on privacy. For example, people are like, oh, Gary, you know, people, you know, my favorite ad in the world is, is the Super Bowl ad. Back to all this football, which I appreciate all the background, man. Um, you know, I think it's the most underpriced attention arbitrage in, in marketing today. A lot of people know that I also love underpriced social networks. So when some of the privacy stuff started happening two years ago or 18 months ago, three years ago, people are like, oh, Gary, well, no, 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 you know, I love this. Like the traditional marketing person that loves to fucking spend all their money on a television upfront buy when the shows that they bought get canceled mid I mean, what a joke. But nonetheless, they go, Gary, now what? I'm like, now that you can't target down to knowing if Rich has a birthmark on his ass, you know, I go, now what? I, I don't, I don't, I go, just to I be go, clear. I go, now what? Just a tattoo. Just a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> now what? <laughs> You mean- But look, like, a lot of times- you Let me finish this point, Walt, because yeah. it's super important. Now what? You mean like television? You mean like print? Like you're buying an ad in the Wall Street Journal. You have a general guess that people care about business and you're running an ad. Like, like if the companies, if Apple and Facebook and all these companies give up half their targeting capabilities, they're still light years ahead of the competitive field where you can spend your money. When you think about, um, you know, there's a question on kind of TV broadly and sports. You know, you kind of made the comment that a lot of money is inappropriately spent on TV. You said the Super Bowl is great, but you said TV is a mistake or, or could be a mistake. $65 billion plus is still being spent on TV. Do the brands understand that, like, TV viewership is collapsing, reach about, is collapsing? What, like, about, what, about, what about common sense of does this human – like, I love when people are like, Gary – Empire's doing great. I'm like, nobody, great. Everyone's DVRing it. And if it goes to commercial, they're looking at their phone. What are you talking about? Television commercials have nothing to do with television series. And by the way, that game is over. I mean, everybody watches only OTT. Like what normal person watches a sitcom on regular 
TV? <laughs> what? I mean, where yeah, are we? It's 2020. Right, babe. But you talk to, I mean, you talk to CMOs. You have, you have literally, um, you have a 900 person employee base. You talk to every CMO in the world. Why are they still spending $65 billion on linear TV? Because when you work in corporate America, you don't get fired for staying yeah, conservative. The IBM, no one gets fired for hiring but the, IBM. But the, but the other thing we hear is that you can't, but, but the other part of it is we hear you couldn't shift $65 billion overnight. Like if I gave you $65 billion to spend on digital tomorrow, where would you do with it? Facebook and YouTube. Of course you can, but you know, this it's is different this. though. It's not, it's not just moving ads over, right? I mean, it's not just putting your 30 second spots over. You've got to be innovative in your ad format in that world. Uh, but when you're getting nothing in the other place, it's worth it. How about this? How about just, you know, cutting your entire marketing budget by 40% and then going to a Facebook you know, YouTube, modern, and by the way, the big winner is going to be OTT. This is not even about Facebook and YouTube anymore. This money's going to Hulu, Peacock, you know, whatever, if anything, that Netflix innovates on. Um, uh, Amazon, so Fi- Amazon, Fi- Amazon, Amazon, Amazon Fire Stick. Roku. What about Roku? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, Brandon. The, the, like there's no reason if you're educated on how to do creative and media in 2021 to run a television buy, but you're seeing some innovation. Look at sports. You started seeing that half screen commercial, which I can tell you right now is a far better product than the old commercial because you're watching to see if your quarterback's getting yelled at, throwing a pick. Now you're catching that Bud Light ad. Right, you're staying with the moment. You're not breaking from the action and giving a complete interruption. But listen, this is a whole different game. This is more like Wall Street. This is all predicated on the six holding companies that sell media, making much more margin on television and programmatic banner buying than on social networks. And that is the advice that, and the, all the reports and everything they spend their money on to justify that behavior. And then all you have to do is convince a single person in corporate America that that's right. And that person is normally not gonna take the fear base to make a radical change. And that is why we're seeing massive demise of the biggest brands in the world. We are seeing massive massive market shift on consumer behavior. And it's not because people always try to blame things on innovation. Well, people like these products better because they're healthier for the environment. True, but that's minor leagues. They're actually, they, every, the amount of people that are buying things off of Facebook and Instagram are staggering. Rich, if you did a true your version, not mine, common sense, a little headlines, and I'm out because I don't give a shit to convince anyone, I'm just living. But if you did your version of double clicking into how big Wish the shopping app is and how they did that on a 90% Facebook ad buy and how that outpaced every retailer on earth by a fucking 50 to X variable, then people would wake up to why you can shift 60 billion into Facebook and Google and, and, and Hulu. You can, and what about podcasts? Can, oh. can podcasts catch something? I mean, look, well, take a look at this Joe Rogan thing. Is this, is this like the Howard Stern moment for Spotify? Of course it is. And I'm proud of the videos I made that said that it was going to happen because it was so obvious that it was going to happen. A hundred percent. How big do you, how big do you think the podcast ad market can be one day? Like if, if you kind of dream the dream, can it be as big as terrestrial radio is right yes. now in yes, the U S 100%. Yes. It's if you are, if you are Howard Stern, would you move? Bigger. Yes. You no, would think Howard, I would, because I, currently with my chemicals, I'm ambitious and want to do new shit. If Howard, <laughs> <Your> chemicals. <laughs> you know, if Howard still 
DNA wise in a place for like one, if Howard's at the place where he's like, you know, I'm wildly less relevant today than I was 20 years ago and I want one more fucking moment, then yes. If he's like, wow, what a life. I'm so grateful for the run I had and honestly, I don't need that fucking headache and especially with the way I like to talk, who the fuck knows, every minute I'm probably gonna have problems and I just wanna fucking fish, then no, this is a huge, from a business standpoint, 1,000%. From a humanity standpoint, like who is he as a person, I, you just have to know the man. So is it too late for anyone else to come in or is this is basically just Spotify won it and it's kind of done and- Oh, it's too, gonna... it's too early, I would argue it's too early. I think okay. Spotify's done a great job to lead the quote unquote pack Yep. But I think just like Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok came along in a post-Facebook dominated world. And back to our earlier conversation, where the fuck are you, Google Play? Where are yep. you, Amazon? Where are you, Facebook? Apple. Facebook, come <laughs> on. Facebook, I think, has so much opportunity to expand with their with their video and audio. You know, their TV- uh, Video has been a complete, dis- I mean, I've been in and really disappointed in everything they've done in video today. And Rich, everything. you know this. I mean, it's kind of following the Apple track. I mean, I did Apple's yep. first original program. Literally, when I, I signed the deal to do Planet of the Apps, in my head, I said, there's no way they're doing this show and not launch. I actually, at the time, it's like three, four years ago, I at the time thought they were going to buy Netflix. I'm like, ooh, they're going to buy, they're doing this show. I bet you they'll buy Netflix. And I'm like, at worst, they're going to reboot Apple TV to what I thought back then, three and a half years ago, would be a 10 times better version of what Apple TV is right this second. Ad rates, you know, you love buying cheap. I know that's something you know, you always like buying properly, digital cheap. Properly priced. Correct, <laughs> you like taking advantage of it. Yes. Rates obviously collapsed in April. Everything we've seen is that things are snapping back pretty quickly. Where do you think we are today versus where we oh, were think- in February? I've, my, you know, Rich, you might have seen this because I've been promoting it heavy for my dad. I, I launched something from a year ago, Wine Text. You know, you get, I think you actually give me a shout out, Rich, on social, right? Gary, um, I am a number one fan now of Wine Text. It's the best I thing that's you. happened during COVID. Thank I you. bought six bottles of yesterday's offer, which was an, amazing. It was an amazing offer yesterday. So yes, I am now addicted so Rich, to the gamification let me, let me, of it. Let me tell you that. Wine text, this you know, cool service I created for my dad. It's a really good wine service, but here's the point, not to just plug it, though big shout out, Sasha, there's your plug. Here's the, here's the point. In April, I spent like crazy for my dad, numbers that a small business would be petrified to do. And the number one thing I've talked to him about every day right now is dad, July, you're gonna see a bill that is so enormous, don't punish me. This is gonna help your business because we have to take advantage of the underpriced ads right now because all the brands are out of Facebook. I think you'll see, I think you'll see a collapse in rates for July. I think you're seeing so many significant business out. I'm sure Facebook stock may go down when they have to report this quarter because it'll be affected. But I think you'll see it bounce back pretty quickly. It is the effective medium for the people that care about results. Television is the effective medium for people that care about reports and safety. <laughs> Is there anywhere else where you've seen real inefficiencies kind of post COVID that, you know, is really interesting to you in terms of like where rates haven't bounced back the way you thought they would and you're taking advantage of it for clients? I think influencer marketing is wildly underpriced, but you have to be super educated because it's also a place you can get ripped off. It's almost like, it's almost like a flea market. Where's the best place to do it though? Is it Instagram, TikTok? Does it, I mean, YouTube, where, where is it well, most all those interesting? Places where it's most interesting in putting infrastructure around hand-to-hand combat to reach out to 3,000 people and get answers on how much they want, not in like a scaled way or just picking the 10 people you've heard of. So if an influencer is represented by like 
CAA and UTA, their deal is not gonna be good. If an influencer is like them and their homie, you might be able to get a deal. And then if you can replicate that a thousand times, which is a lot of hand-to-hand combat, but that is a wildly good deal if you can figure it out. I know, we, I know we're running out of time. I just wanna give you one last question came in from the audience. Uh, Chris asked, how important or unimportant is the potential removal of device IDs or cookies for digital advertising? I know you were saying that these platforms are still better equipped than print and TV, but are ad budgets a function of ROI thresholds where D2C just spends as long as they have a return? Or is it more just about allocating to whatever the best solution available is? Does this impact targeting or attribution in a meaningful way for Facebook's, Twitter's, Snaps of the world? It's a great question. It, may, it, it very well may. And to that point, like to me, I'm very, you know, everyone's like, oh, Gary, you love TikTok. Now what about Trump banning it? I'm like, all right, then I'll just make content and instantly. I don't, you know, <laughs> my energy to that question, first of all, it's a great question. Big shout out to that person. The, the market will adjust. If nobody can do it and track it, then there'll be a new reality and then everything restarts, right? Like all of a sudden, if the CAC is higher because you can't target as well and remarket as well, then all of a sudden the cost of goods has to be changed. And like, just like, I believe in the, like, it's almost like how I think about water. Like if, you know, if there's water coming down when you were a kid and playing with like water, if you did that way with a hose and watching how the water went, you put a rock there, it goes around it. The market goes around its realities. Where the opportunity continues to stay in the places that haven't been around forever. This is why the theme of this conversation, I will always risk my valuable time on spending 50 to 100 hours on a new platform that consumers have showed me that they're intrigued by because the upside of being an actual practitioner in there always plays out and there will be unbelievable amounts of innovation in AR and VR and audio and AI devices in the home and seven more slam dunk social networks and messaging. And I just, to me, Rich, honestly, I think that's why VaynerMedia really outpaced the market over the last half decade. There's not a CEO in marketing that's actually a, predict, a practitioner. Who you know, uses I talk, it? Yeah, I talk to all these people. Like, I, even the heads I of- I feel like we're talking about hair club for men right now. But it's true, <laughs> right? And I, I really, and I think that for everybody who's listening, if you really kind of quote unquote want to win, do well. I, so Rich, honestly, I swear, I. I am happy to say this. You're one of the few humans that I've come across in this last decade that I get excited when we stumble upon each other because when we talk, we talk in detail around really what's happening. And I've always admired you for that in a big, big way. And, and you do it even more intellectually and deeper than I do. I immediately recognize and then act within it. You know, so like, you know, like to me, it's like, it's just obvious. Like, how do you not understand that getting the host of popular podcasts to read an ad for you, just like Mike and the fucking Mad Dog and Howard Stern did, is underpriced right now while everyone's trying to figure out what the fuck the value is. Meanwhile, all the media agencies are looking for reporting to justify the behavior that's complete bullshit. These reports are bullshit. This, the marketing advertising industry is in the same place that that fucking film The Big Short was in, and I'm just the dude with the weird eye that's saying this whole fucking thing is bullshit. Thank you. Brandon. Brandon, closing. All questions. right. <laughs> Let's go with what do you think the Jets, truthfully, the Jets record is going to be this year? Assuming, Assuming they play. <laughs> uh, six and 10. Their schedule is impossible. They play in the <laughs> NFC fucking West and the AFC West. I think they'll be a better team than last year, but they'll be six and 10 because I think the Cardinals are way up with the Hopkins trade. And I think the kid Murray can play. Seattle's a beast, the Niners are beasts, the Rams are beasts, 
And then we got to play the fucking yeah. NFC, AFC West. Then we got the fucking Chiefs. Like the Patriots are better with Cam now. You know, like it, not better than with Tom or maybe, by the way, maybe better than with Tom. So like, it's just a very difficult schedule. But I really, on the record, really believe in Sam as a uh, real I was just, I literally was just going to ask that. Is he a I, franchise quarterback? He's the first quarterback I truly believe in since Browning Nagel. And the reason I was so wrong about Browning Nagel was I was too young to understand. So he's truly the first, like not Sanchez, you know, not, not anybody, not Gino, not Bryce Petty, not, I've never felt this way about a quarterback. Vincenzo. It's a very low bar here, you know. Fair that. enough, fair <laughs> enough. But, 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 but just to, it's a, it's a pleasure to watch his first two seasons, even though he's missed some time and say, oh my God, that's what Ben Roethlisberger looked like as a rookie. That's like the people we would play against and you'd be like, fuck, this kid can play, right? Like, like yeah. that's what Sam shows in a way that I've never seen before. And so that gives me optimism, but this season I'm, I'm concerned, strength of schedule concerns me. Gary, you've been amazing. We had so much fun talking to you. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk to our audience and um, just keep building. We'll keep watching and looking forward to seeing what you talk about as the next big platform. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Have a good week. Thanks so much. Take care.